بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على أشرف الأنبياء مرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد الحمد لله we in the previous lesson concluded the first masala the first issue discussed in this uh, second part of the introduction by Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad Abdul Wahab and today we're going to the second masala wa masala al-thaniya anna allah la yard anna allah yarda an yushyaka ma'ahu ahad fi ibadatih la malakum muqarrib wa la nabiyya mursal wa tadilu qawluhu ta'ala wa anna masajid lillahi fala tadu ma'allahi ahada and so to have the second issue which is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not pleased that anything be associated in partnership with him in ibadah, in worship, whether that be an angel that is close, nor a prophet that has been sent. And the proof is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and indeed the masajid belong to Allah, so do not call upon anything other than Allah. And so this is the second uh, affair. وَحَقَّ إِنَّ اللَّهِ الَّذِي إِنْفَرَدَ بِخَلْقِ الْعِبَادِ وَرَازَقَهُمْ وَهُوَ الْمُتَصَرِّفِ فِيهِمْ وَالْمُدَبِّرِ لِشُؤُونِهِمْ لَا يَرْضَى أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُ شَرِيكٍ فِي عِبَادَتِهِ And so in reality, the reality is that that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He has singled out the ibad, the worshippers alone for the ibad. And that he, Azawajal, is alone when it comes to fulfilling and disposing of the affairs within the creation. And within the affairs, not fulfilling the affairs of the creation. And now he, subhanahu wa ta'ala, is not pleased with anything being placed in partnership along with him in terms of ibadah. Thereafter, Sheikh Zaid, rahimahullah, he mentions the definition of ibadah, the definition mentioned by Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah. And so he mentions that ibadah, ismu jami' likulima yuhibbuhullah wa yardah min akwali wa afal wa amal al-zahir wa al-batina. And so the word ibadah is a term which is a comprehensive term, yani. For everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves and is pleased with, from speech, actions, whether they be actions which are apparent or hidden. And so whoever directs anything from this ibadah, from this ibadat, or these actions of worship, to other than Allah, then he has committed shirk al-akbar. He's committed the major shirk. وَمَنْ أَشْرَكْ مَعَ اللَّهِ عَزَوَّجَالِ غَيْرَ مِنْ مَخْلُقَاتِ فَقَدْ أَشْرَكْ شِرْكِ الْأَكْبَرِ And whoever directs and directs any form of worship along with Allah from the makhluqat, he worships anything from the creation, along with Allah, then indeed he's no doubt he's fallen into a major shirk. إِذَنْ فَجْمِعْ عِبَادَاتِ وَقُرَبَاتِ So all forms of the worship, and actions of nearness, whether it be isti'ana, or isti'gatha, or dabh, or nadha, or rakbar, or rahma, or khushu'a, or khashya, or inaba, or tawakkul, or raja'a, or khawf. Yani, whether it be any form of ibadah, whether it be seeking the aid of Allah, or 
ده نظر يعني ممكن افاو وديزاير whether it be the reverent fear or that the person for example submits along with that you have the examples of the person having reliance and hope and fear all these are ibadat so here barakulafiq Sheikh Zaid is mentioning these different forms of ibadah and He's mentioning them in a comprehensive way. Now, he mentions them in a comprehensive way, Barakofiq. Because he mentions, for example, Isti'ana wa Istighatha wa Dhabh wa Nadar. So, Istighatha wa Isti'ana, generally speaking, when you're seeking the aid in a manner which is only for Allah, then these are actions. These are actions generally done with the limbs, or when you're seeking the aid of your tongue, you're, seek, you're, you're questioning the tongue. And then he mentions, for example, Ragba wa Rahma wa Khawf wa Raja wa Tawakkul and affairs like this. Affairs such as these. And here, the Shaykh is referring to the actions that emanate from the heart. And so, what we understand and the benefit of these different forms of ibadah being mentioned is that it gives us the understanding that ibadah is, can come from ibadah upon the limbs which is well-known, actions of ibadah, but also ibadah can be ibadah from the heart as well. And so, no doubt, the person must reflect and seek to purify their heart when it comes to the affair of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so that when they are seeking to perform actions of ibadah, that these actions of ibadah have to be sincerely for Allah. For example, the khawf, the fear that they have for Allah, is a fear that can only be for Allah. And it cannot be for anything or anyone else from the, from the makhluqat, from the creation. All that hope, that hope that they have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can only be with Allah. And it cannot be with anything or anyone else from the creation. <coughs> Likewise, tawakkul. Likewise, when the individual has the reliance. A person can only truly rely when his heart is, is reliant upon something or someone. And so that reliance is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. So here, Sheikh Zayd is mentioning these different forms of ibadah. And this is in accordance with what is actually mentioned by Sheikh al-Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab in the same text, Falaf to Usul, when he mentions different forms of ibadah. And he outlines the different, the different forms, i.e. in terms of ibadah from the limbs and ibadah from the heart. Now, and so anything that is directed from ibadah to other than Allah, then this is Shirk Akbar, this is major Shirk. Now, Shirk Akbar, Dham Usi Allah Bihi, Wahuwa al Dham al La Yughfar, Wala Yustahak Ahlahu al Shafa'a. And so, this affair of major Shirk is one in which no doubt is a actual disobedience towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's the Dham, it's the, it's the sin that the person will not be forgiven for. And the one that falls into that sin of shirk and associated partners with Allah, he is not deserving of a shafa. He's not deserving of any intercession. And rather, what we know is that they are from the people of the fire. 
they are from the people of the fire that will dwell within it for eternity. Kama qala Allah Azza wa Jal, inna Allah la yaghfiru an yushraka bihi wa yaghfiru ma'duna dhalik li ma'yasha. As Allah Ta'ala states, indeed Allah does not forgive the one that associates anything in partnership with him. However, he forgives anything lesser than it from, from that which he wills. Likewise, the same of Allah And indeed, the masajid belong to Allah, so do not call upon anything other than Allah. And so, again, what we understand from this, in relation to this affair of shirk akbar, major shirk, and the one that associates partnership with Allah, and the one that directs an action of ibadah to other than Allah, any form of ibadah. Naam. So, this is something which is indiscriminate. If a person directs any form of ibadah to other than Allah, then he's fallen into major shirk. And so, major shirk, generally speaking, when you, when you define major shirk, and you find Ahlul Ilm, they define major shirk or minor shirk, they will usually define it based upon the aqubah. They will define major shirk or minor shirk based upon the punishment for it and the consequence of it. And so the aqubah for major shirk in the dunya is that the person is, is mukhrij bin al-millah. The person has been expelled from the deen of Islam. So this is the individual that is upon major shirk. The, the, recomp- the, the recompense and the consequences that the person is upon, made, is upon major shirk is, is outside the fold of Islam. And this is how it's, de- how, this is how it's defined in terms of in the dunya. As, as, so far as the akhirah, then the individual that is upon major shirk, then his abode will be the hellfire for eternity. And so this is how the distinction is made between major and minor shirk. As well as that, the one that falls into major shirk, as mentioned here by Sheikh Zayd, he is not mustahid, he's not deserving of the shafa'ah, he's not deserving of any intercession. Now, A. So then Allah Ta'ala, he mentions the state of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, it's all to jinn, وَعَنَّ مَسَاجِنَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا And indeed, the masajid belong to Allah, so do not call upon, call upon Allah, or call upon anything alongside Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. أي لا تعبدوا أهدا مع الله أبدا من الملائكة المقربين ولا من الرسل الكرام ولا من الأنبياء العظام ولا من الصالحين من الأنام ولا الأشجار والأحجار ولا غير ذلك إذ كل عبادة لغير الله عز وجل فهي عبادة للتاغوت And so this thing of Allah تعالى I do not, I do not Worship or call upon anything other than Allah. This ayah here, وَعَنَّ مَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُوا اللَّهِ أَحَدًا Sheikh Ahmad al-Najmi, rahimahullah, he mentions in the naqilam, yani, uh, transmitting and narrating from some of the mufassirin, from the, some of the scholars of tafsir in relation to this ayah, he mentions that the masajid, the word masajid within this, this ayah, can be referring to the masajid al-ma'rufa, the well-known masajid, the buildings, where these buildings have been established for the worship of Allah. This is one understanding of the word masajid. The second understanding of the word masajid from this ayah also are the seven al-a'dha, yani the seven limbs that the person prostrates upon. And so, if you understand it 
from the affair of the masajid that these places have been built and established for the sake of Allah and so do not call upon anything along with Allah and if you understand it by way of the second understanding from the Mufassirin that these seven limbs belong to Allah and that the person when in a prostration that prostration has to be for Allah and so do not call upon anything along with Allah so both understanding no doubt Muslim, yani the both of them are, can be correct in this regard because it still alludes to the fact that ibadah is for Allah, ibadah established for Allah subhanahu ta'ala alone and they have no partners and nothing can be associated in partnership with him it doesn't matter whether they are angels that are, are close by are close to Allah or whether they are messengers, noble messengers or they are from the prophets that have great, uh, great status of grandeur or the righteous nor can it be the stone, the trees or the stone, or other than that. If a person directs their ibadah to other than Allah Azawajal, then this is the worship of the Taghut. This is the worship of these false deities. They've taken the worship of a false deity. And so, Sheikh Zaidi goes on to mention a discussion around the word Taghut. Are these fools, gods and fools deities? We mentioned what Taghut is some arm. The Kulima Taja was we here lapped, had to who been maabood. Oh, Matbur, oh, Motar. Walla, Yastab, Walla, Yastabat, and Mustibul, Hatur Shirk. And so, this Taghut is a general term for everything that has been. Or any action that oversteps the bounds, so transgresses the bounds when it comes to the one that is worshipped, or the one that is followed, or the one that is obeyed. And it's not something which is regarded as being far fetched or something which is far away, and considered to be something which is distant from the Muslim. I this danger of shirk. For no doubt, shirk in of itself is a dangerous affair. <laughs> whether it be the kabir or the sahir, whether it be the major or the minor, whether it be the khalil or the kathir, whether it be that which is small in its amount or, ma- or plentiful. Women hona, wajab, itafakkad al muslimun. Women akhas, and so here is an obligation that the Muslims are well aware of this affair and specifically the Talabat al-Ilm the students of knowledge that they're well aware of the affairs of the Muslims and they're well aware of the actions of the Muslims and the behavior and the behaviors of the Muslims. And so he mentions here, the Shaykh mentions specifically the Talabat al Why? Why do you think he mentioned the, the students of knowledge specifically in this affair? He says specifically that the, the students of knowledge as well have to have knowledge of these particular affairs and be aware of them. 
Teaching him, that's the now. What else as well? Why do they need to know of the of the the, the affairs of the people? The inheritance of the knowledge. The inheritance of the knowledge. They're the callers. And the reality as well is that from the Adam, from the mannerisms of the caller. From the mannerisms of the kula is that he must know the hal of the mad'u. He must know the hal and the condition of the one that is being called. So if you're a kula, then you must know the condition of the one that is being called. Why? Because you must be able to call and invite him to that which is monastic for him. That which is appropriate for that individual. For example... If you've been sent to a, to a people and they're from the Nasara, they're from the Christians. And so it's your responsibility to call them to Islam. If you're not, if you don't have knowledge of what they are upon, as the one that be, those that are being called, then it's not going to benefit you if you call them and you give them dawah to the affair of the existence of Allah. And warn them against atheism, for example. Because they are well aware of that. And that's not where they've opposed the haq. They've opposed the haq in regards to the reality of Isa, if we're talking about the people in the book, the Nusara, the Christians. And so, here it's important that the, that the one that is a talib al-ilm, we did the talib al-ilm, he's the one that's most likely to become a kula. That he is well aware of the affairs of these of, of these affairs of shirk that may enter upon the ranks of the Muslimin, enter upon the ranks of the Muslims, and the danger that may be found within, so that when it comes to the point where he may need to call them to the hut and warn them against the mukhalafat, warn them against the opposition of the hut, he's aware of what they're upon. To warn them upon, warn of what they are upon, to warn them of the mukhalifat that they are upon, the opposition action that they are upon. Thereafter, the Shaykh mentions, وَقَدْ أَخْبَرَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ بِأَنَّ يَخَافَ عَلَى أُمَّتِهِ مِنْ شِرْكٍ خَوْفًا عَظِيمٍ إِذْ قَالَ إِنَّ أَخْوَفْ مَا أَخَافُ عَلَيْكُمْ الشِّرْكُ الْأَصْغَرُ قَالُوا وَمَا هُوَ قَالَ الرِّيَاءُ <coughs> The Messenger of Allah, the Prophet, he informs us that of his fear upon his ummah, that which he fears for his ummah, and that he fears for them shirk. And this is, due, this is, this is uh, clear by way of his statement that the greatest thing that I fear for you, the greatest thing that I fear for you is minor shirk. I had a lesser form of shirk. And they stated, and he was asked, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, وَمَا هُوَا? And what is that? And what is that lesser form of shirk? وَقَالَ الْرِيَاءِ And he stated, it is a riyaa. It is a fair of riyaa, showing off. Again, so why do we understand that, the, that his greatest fear was for this minor shirk? Why is it mentioned that the greatest fear for the minor shirk? 
and not the major shirk. Now, that both both answers are correct. Now, the ease of how it may creep it creeps in. That when you have the affair of minor shirk from again the ta- the tarifat from the definitions of minor shirk is that it is the form of shirk that can lead to the major shirk. So it's a more it's a form of shirk that can lead to the major shirk. And so the reason why. The Messenger of Allah mentions that he feared this minor shirk for his ummah. It's because this is a form of shirk which is hidden. That the people won't be aware of it and won't see it. And so when it creeps in, naam, then the person may fall into the action of, of minor shirk. And if the person remains upon that, it can lead him to falling into major shirk. Which will then render the individual as being someone that is that is Khalid Mukhalid Finnar within the hellfire for eternity. And the Sheikh's Imam uh, Imam Sa'adi he mentions in relation to Ariyat as a form of showing off why it is made uh, minor shirk. And he mentions that Ariyat is minor shirk, like showing off is minor shirk. Because it's ta'zeem on the makhluqat in the b'ghayr al-haq. So it's a form of glorifying the creation without due right. So, for example, if a person is performing their salah, if the person is performing their salah, and then they seek to beautify their salah due to the fact that the people are watching, or they know that an individual is watching, Within that action of beautifying the salah for that person that is watching, within that action is that he has made ta'adheem, he's glorified that individual and raised him above a station they deserve him. And so he's beautifying his prayer for this individual. And so thus, within that action is raising the person. And so that's no doubt. You can see how this can lead to the major shirk. Because if the heart can now incline to raising an individual and glorifying an individual more than they are deserving, then it can incline towards the person directing an action of ibadah towards that person as well. And so this is why this, this hadith is mentioned. I just, uh, the, the greatest thing that he feared for his ummah is the Maya shirk. And so, in order to repel this action of shirk, in order to repel the shirk, it's a must that the person enters upon tawheed. Whether that be tawheed which is apparent or the tawheed within. And so, within this tawheed, the person makes bara'am shirk wa ahlihi. Is that the person, whilst being upon Tawheed, they free themselves. It's, a, it's an upon the person. And it's a necessity that if a person wants to be upon Tawheed, i.e. upon Tawheed Kamilam, if they are seeking to be upon Tawheed in, the, in a manner which is complete and upon perfection, they must free themselves from shirk and they must free themselves from its people as well. Now, and so 
they must do so in order to protect themselves and repel them, to repel is a fair shirk so they do not fall into anything from this major or minor shirk. Now, وَقُدْ سُئِلَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ كَمَا فِي الْحَدِيثِ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بَنْ مَسْعُودِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ حَيْثُ قَالَ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ أَيَّ ذَنْ بِالْعَظَامِ And so, it was mentioned that the, the, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was asked, as it mentioned in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiallahu anhu, he was asked, O Messenger of Allah, what is the greatest of sins? And so he responded, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, wa huwa And he responded, his response, alayhi salatu wassalam, was to make and put along with Allah a deity. Whilst he, Tabarak wa Ta'ala, has created you. وَهُوَ كَمَا تَرَى دَلِيلٌ عَلَى عِذْمِ الذَّنْبِ الشِّرْكِ وَخَطْرِهِ عَلَى النَّاسِ And so as, you, as it's made clear and is apparent, you see the great nature of shirk and the danger that it poses upon mankind. وَنَقْتَسُلُ عَلَى هَاتَيْنِ مَسَلَتَيْنِ And so... There you have these two particular issues mentioned, the previous issues mentioned. Then we go on to the third. Amasala to Thalitha. So we have the third issue. Al Shaykh Islam, Muhammad Abdul Wahab mentioned Amasala to Thalitha, we are Anna man Ata Rasul, or Wahadullah, la yajuz lahu mawala man hadullah or Rasulu, walaukara akrab al Kareem. And so, the third issue is that whoever obeys the Messenger and singles out Allah Ta'ala alone, it is not permissible for him to have association for the one that opposes Allah and His Messenger, even if they are the closest of relatives to them. What the little Kauru Ta'ala, let us do come and let Billahi wal Yom Bil Akhir. يُوَادُونَ مَنْ حَالَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ وَلَوْ كَانُوا عَبَاءَهُمْ وَأَبَنَاءَهُمْ وَإِخْوَانَهُمْ وَأَوْشِيرَتَهُمْ أُولَئِكَ كَتَبَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ إِيمَانٌ وَأَيَّدَهُمْ بِرُوحٍ مِنْهُ وَيُدْخِلُهُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوا عَنْهُ أُولَئِكَ حِزْبُ اللَّهِ and so, the proof is the same of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's Rasul al Majadala. That you will not find the people that believe in Allah and the last day. That they have love for the ones that oppose Allah and His Messenger. Even if they were from their fathers, their sons, their brothers, and their close, those that are close to their in relation. They are the individuals that Allah ta'ala has written upon their hearts, true Iman. And aided them by way of the soul from him, and he will enter them into Jannah underneath which rivers flow for eternity. Allah Ta'ala is pleased with them, and they are pleased with him. Indeed, they are these individuals are the Hizbullah, the party of Allah, and indeed, the party of Allah, they are the individuals that are the successful. And so, we've had 
the previous two principles. The first, where we've established, no doubt, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us and that He sustains us. However, He did not leave us upon that way. Now, from the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from the adil of Allah, is that He didn't just leave us by way of just creating us and sustaining us as His creation upon this earth. Rather, he sent to us prophets and messengers. And upon us was to obey those prophets and messengers. And the final from them, no doubt, and the seal of them is Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As well as that, we had the second mas'ala, which you mentioned earlier on today, is that Allah Ta'ala does not please with anyone that associates anything in partnership with him in ibadah. And so, these were, the, these were the affairs that were mentioned previously. And so today we have the third principle. That whoever obeys the message of Allah and signals that Allah Ta'ala alone yeah, and in his ibadah, is upon tawheed, it is not permissible for him to have this love and association for the one that opposes Allah and his messenger. Even if they are from the closest of individuals to them. And what is made clear here is mentioned here by Shaykh, the Shaykh Rahimahullah and the Atba'a Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Yuhibbun fillah. Yubghidun fillah. Wa hadi qa'idatun. Qa'idatun. Naam. Yutabbikuha. And so, the followers of Muhammad وسلم, they love for the sake of Allah. And they have hatred for the sake of Allah. And this is a qa'idah. This is a general principle that the people adhere to. And the general principle that the people must implement. And this is a way that the people of Ahl, the people of truth adhere to as well. And it is the way of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. Those that have preceded us. And the Salaf Salih. And of those that followed us, followed them to the Yawm al-Din. If kullu man rasul sallallahu فيما جاء به من عند الله عز وجل من الكتاب والسنة ووحد الله في الربوبية وإلهية وأسمائه وصفاته وجميع أفعاله فإنه لا يجوز له موال أي محبة والموافقة والمناصرة من كان محال الله ونابضا للشرعه الكريم ووراء ظهره وَمَحَادَ لِمَا جَاءَ بِهِ الرَّسُولِهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم وَلَوْ كَانَ مِنْ أَقْرَبِ النَّاسِ عَلِيهِ And so, as mentioned here, that the one that obeys the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم in that which has come from Allah جل, by way of the book, by way of his book and the sunnah and singles out Allah Ta'ala alone in Rububiyyah and illahiyah and asma wa sifat 
As if it was Allah Ta'ala alone in all of actions. It's not permissible for him to have association, i.e. love and agreement and aid for the one that opposes Allah, has an opposition to Allah, and has opposition to his, his legislation, and throws this legislation behind his back, I reject the legislation. And for the one that has opposition to his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa even if this is from these, this person is from the closest of people to him, ومن هنا يجب أن يعرف طالب العلم حقيقة والله والبر أي من من الذي يجب أن يحب ويوالي ويوالى وعلى أي شيء تكون المحبة والولاء وما هي أسباب المعادة والحجر والبغض هذه أمور من أساس العقيدة and so here the Shaykh he mentioned Rahimah Allah and so here it is an obligation that the Talib al-Ilm, the student of knowledge, he has understanding and knowledge of the reality of al-wala wal-bara. He has understanding of the reality when it comes to associating and disassociating for the sake of Allah. And that when it comes to this affair, of al-wala wal-bara, loving and hating for the sake of Allah, that is an obligation. And it is from the asas, yani the foundations of our aqidah, the foundations of our creed. وَعَلَيْهِ فَإِنْ كُلَّ مَنْ أَطَاعَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَوَحَدَ اللَّهِ فِي الْرُبِيَةِ وَإِلَهِيَةِ وَأَسْمَعِ وَصِفَاتِ يَجِبْ أَنْ يَكُونَ حُبُّهُ فِي اللَّهِ وَبُغْتُهُ فِي اللَّهِ وَالْمَوَالَتُهُ فِي اللَّهِ وَمَعَادَتُهُ فِي اللَّهِ فَمَتَى فَعَلَ ذَلِكْ فَقَدْ حَقَّقْتَ التَّمَسُّقْ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْإِيمَانِ وَقَدْ نَالَ وِلَايَةَ اللَّهِ تَبَرَكُ وَتَعَالَى الَّتِي لَا تُنَالِ إِلَّا بِذَلِكَ And so, it's a must that if whilst a person is in obedience to the Prophet Sallallahu and he sings Allah Ta'ala alone in his Lordship in his worship, in his name, in his attributes, there is a must that he loves for the sake of Allah. And he hates for the sake of Allah. And that his association and disassociation is for the sake of Allah. And so, as is mentioned, the one that makes this manifest, then he is an individual that in reality has had tamasuk has is, is held on firm to the affair of iman and to the essence of the true essence of iman itself and it is achieved by way of that the love of Allah and this cannot be attained I this love the protection of Allah cannot be attained except by way of it so here the Shaykh Barakullah Fikum is outlining the importance of this qaida of al-wala wal-bara. Yani association, and disassociation for the sake of Allah. That it's not possible that a person can have a, uh, the perfection and the completion when it comes to their tawheed, and the perfection and the completion when it comes to their iman, and not associate for the sake of Allah. 
and disassociate for the sake of Allah. So all of these things are from the asas, or from the foundations of a person's aqidah, their creed. From the foundation of a person's creed. وَقَدْ عَلِمَ أَصْحَابَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَائِدَ الْوَلَى وَالْبَرَى لِمَنْ يَكُولَ الْوَلَى وَمِمَّنْ يَكُولَ الْبَرَى وَتَفَاعَلُوا مَعَ هَذِهِ الْقَائِدَةِ مَعَ هَذِهِ الْقَائِدَةِ فَبَرَزَ الْإِبْنِ لِأَبِيهِ لِيَقْتُلُهُ لِأَنَّهُ أَدُوبَ اللَّهِ And so this is something that was done and end was brought about by the companions and the companions acted upon this principle to the extent that the son would fight his father a son would fight his father seeking to kill him why? because his father was an enemy to Allah and then you find that some from the companions would seek to fight against their own sons in order to kill them why? because they were enemies and they were opposers to the manhaj, the methodology, the true methodology of Islam وَهَذَا مَعْرُوهُ مِنْ سَبَبُ النُّزُولِ لِهَذِي الْآيَةِ and so due to this, this is from the, as the sabab, the reason why this particular ayah was revealed نَعَمْ لَا تَجْدُكَوْمَ يُؤْمِنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ يُوَادُونَ مَنْ حَادَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُ and the ayah that we mentioned previously and this is why the ayah was revealed. If inna nazalat fi Abi Ubaida, Amr ibn ibn Jarrah, alladhi qatla abahu, li'annahu kana kafiran, wa fi Abi Bakr, li'annahu baraz, li'ibnihi wa kana kafiran, li'yuhakiku mabda' al-wala wal-bara. فَعَزَّلَ اللَّهِ فِيهِمَا وَفِي أَنْثَالِهِمَا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ الَّذِي يُطْلَعِ إِلَى مَا شَاءَ اللَّهِ إِلَى أَنْ يَرْفَعُهُ اللَّهِ تَبَرَكُ تَعَالَى بِعَامِ السُّدُورِ وَيَرْفَعُهُ مِنَ الْأَرْضِ So this affair of Al-Wala Wal-Bara was revealed due to the affair of Abi Ubaidah Amir ibn Jarrah who killed his father in battle why? Because he was upon disbelief. Right? So he killed him. They, they were, he found his father in battle and killed him in battle. Or as well as Abi Bakr. Who indeed he sought and he fought against his uh, son. He fought against his son. I right? battle again because he was upon disbelief in the, and was fighting against the Muslims. And so this was the, the manifestation of Al-Wala Al-Mara. This is the manifestation of loving and hating for the sake of Allah. That the companions did not look to the affair of just or mere uh, relations. That because this individual is related to me, that this is why I'm going to establish this closeness to him. And look past the fact that the person may be an enemy to the deen of Islam, and an enemy to Allah, and an enemy to the message of Allah. Rather, they looked at what the person was upon by way of etiqad, what the individual was upon by way of belief, by way of creed. And so, when it comes to this affair of al-wala, al-bara, this loving and hating for the sake of Allah, then there is a need of a degree of tafsil, there's a need of a degree of uh, 
detail to mention to it. فَالْوَلَا درجات بحسب من توالي والبراء كذلك درجات فمن كان على منهج السلف الصالح في العقيدة والعبادة والمعاملة والأدب والسلوك الأخوة نعم والأخوة والأخوة الإسلام والإيمان والإحسان فهذا له من ولاء أعلى وأكمل and so نعم There is mentioned that when it comes to this loving for the sake of Allah, it's of levels. So it's not absolute. It might not be something which is absolute. That you absolutely love this person for the sake of Allah. And when it comes to the hate for the sake of Allah, there's of levels as well. It's not something which is absolute. So it's not a case that you absolutely hate the person for the sake of Allah. It's something which is of levels. And so the Sheikh brings the first example of an individual. He says you have the person... That is upon the manhaj of the Salaf of Salih. It's upon the methodology of the Salaf of Salih. And the three generations of the Salaf. And it's upon that manhaj, it's upon that methodology when it comes to his creed, when it comes to his ibad, when it comes to his dealings, when it comes to his mannerisms, the way he carries himself, when it comes to Islamic brotherhood and iman and islam. And so this is the, this, the love that you have for such an individual is, will be the highest level of love. And it was perfect, a complete level of love that you would have for such an individual. After the love for Allah and His Messenger. And so thus, Allah Ta'ala mentions, إِنَّمَا وَلِيَكُمُ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَالَّذِينَ يُكِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ وَيُؤْتُونَ الزَّكَاءَ وَهُمْ رَافِعُونَ Now, وَمَنْ يَتَوَلَّ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فَإِنَّ حِزْبَ اللَّهِ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُ هُمُ الْغَالِبُونَ And so, this is the meaning and this is why we have the statement of Allah that indeed Allah is your protector, your wali and his messenger and those that believe from amongst the individuals that establish the prayer and give the zakah, and they are those that perform the ruku, and inform, perform the salah. And whoever leads off and turns away from Allah and His Messenger, and those who believe, then indeed know that the Hezbollah, the party of Allah, they, were the, they are the ones that will, that will overcome, eventually overcome. And be successful essentially. So this is the first. So the first type of individual is the one that has يعني, is adhering to the manhaj of the Salaf of Salaf. He adheres to Aqeedah. He adheres to the way of the Salaf in Aqeedah. In, the, in the, his dealings. In his ibadah. In his mannerisms. He adheres to the way of the Salaf of course most apparent in the most, in the most complete way. So because of what, the way that he is as an individual, because of the way that they are as an individual, then you love them according to that. So you love them because they adhere to the haq in totality. So you love them according to that. Naam. It does not now mean that the person is not mukti. Naam. It does not now mean that the person isn't an individual that uh, never makes mistakes, for example. 
So we're not saying now that this, 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 this perfect love that you have for the individual is an individual that never makes mistakes. Why? Because the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, has informed us. That all of Ben Azza fall into error, and the best of those that fall into error are those that make tawbah. So we know that it's not a case of that the person has to be perfect. However, that the one that is mukti, yatub, the one that falls into error, the one that falls into sin, he makes tawbah. And generally speaking, this is where, when you hear the term, for example, so and so is practicing or so and so is not practicing. That this is a clear distinction between the two. Because the one that we say, for example, is Multezim Biddin, adherent to Deen, practicing his religion. And then the one that you say, for example, is Ghayna Multezim, is not practicing his religion. He's not upholding his Deen. A clear distinction between the two is that the one that falls into error, the one that is upholding his Deen, he will fall into error just as the one that is not upholding his Deen will fall into error and sin. However, the one that is trying to uphold Deen, he will seek to remove the sayyat from himself. Whether it be by following, a, following that bad deed with a good, or whether it be by following that evil deed with tawbah to nusuha, sincere repentance. And so this is a distinction. And so when you find that you, this is an individual that is seeking to adhere to the way of the salaf in all of these affairs, then your love for him will be one which is upon perfection. And... No doubt, the love is for the sake of Allah. You're loving this person for the sake of Allah. And likewise, you're loving them in relation to the message of Allah, sallallahu Indeed, you love the Nabi, alayhi salatu And you follow his commands. And you stay away from the things that he has warned us and prohibited for us. And that you seek to adhere to that way that he was upon. And that you love those that followed him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, generally. And that you love his legislation that he came with, alayhi salatu wa sallam, ila yawm al-qiyamah, to the day of judgment. Wa hiya min al-ibadat al-fadila, wa min al-alamat ahl al-iman, and so, this action of loving for the sake of Allah, and loving that which the Messenger of Allah came with, and his followers, and loving that which he, that he came with by way of legislation, is from the ibadat al fadila. It's from the action of ibadah which carries much virtue. And from the signs of, a pers- of the people of Iman. That the people of Iman, this is, dis- this is a distinguishing sign. And from the sifats, from the characteristics. Naam, as the specific characteristics. Which distinguish the people of Iman from other than them. وَمَنْ كَانَ دُونَ ذَلِكَ مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ فَلَهُ مِنْ مَوَالَى بِحَسَبِ مَا بَعْهُ مِنَ الْإِسْلَامُ وَالْإِيمَانُ وَإِحْسَانُ and so anyone that is lesser than that, so we mentioned the first type, anyone that is lesser than that, then they are loved for that which they have from Islam, Iman and the Islam. And there has there's hatred for them based upon whatever they have from them from transgression, sin and transgression and disobedience. 
ومن كان من أهل البدعة المضلة على الاختلاف أنواع أهل البدعة وهم كثير فهؤلاء ما داموا في محيط الإسلام ومن جملة المسلمين ما أخرجته ما أخرجتهم بدعهم عن الإسلام فهؤلاء يبغضون بقدر معاسيهم وبدعهم ويهجرون وتهجر مجالسهم ومكالمتهم ولا يؤخذ العلم عنهم وذلك بحسب المصلحة التي تترتب على حجرهم والابتعاد عنهم طيب so here the sheikh has mentioned an important point in relation to Ahlul Bidah the people of innovation so we mentioned first and foremost that you the love that you have for an individual is based upon their Islam so if whatever they have from their Islam you love that from them whatever they have from one's position to the Haq you hate that from them and so now when it comes to Ahlul Bidah when it comes to the people of innovation then as long as they are still amongst the Muslims within Islam and they're still going to be amongst the Muslims and that their bid'ah has not caused them to leave the fold of Islam then they are hated for whatever they have from their innovations and they are abandoned they are abandoned and boycotted based on what they have for their innovations and that you leave off their sittings and speaking to them and engaging with them and knowledge is not, is not sought from them. And this is for a general benefit. This is for the general benefit. So what we understand from this Barakal is that when it comes to the people of innovation, people will say, and you hear the claim, they will say that, how can you hate them because they're Muslims? Naam. How can you hate them because, because these are people Muslims? Because we're not, just, we're not negating the fact that Ahlul Bidah, people of innovation, they are from amongst the Muslims. However, what we say is that the discussion is one which is detailed, it's further detailed, and it's nuanced. And it's not a case of saying, because we say we hate Ahlul Bidah, that this hate that we're speaking about now is a hate which is mutlaq, it's absolute. Naam, when we speak about the hate for Ahlul Bidah, we're speaking about the hate that we have for them, for the innovations that they are upon. The fact that they have opposed the haqq, and they are upon certain innovations. And now, when it comes to this affair of their, of their opposition to Allah and His Messenger, we hate them for that. We may love them for, we may have love for individuals for their, what they are upon from Islam or Iman and Ihsan, but from their innovations, we have hatred for them. And due to that, we boycott and we leave them off. We do not associate with them because associated with them or leave off the association with them rather is something which will bring about a greater maslaha for the Sunni a greater benefit for the Sunni for indeed he's, he is protecting himself from their harms the person is protecting himself from their harms and so this is the maslaha this is the benefit of leaving off the majalis of Ahlul Bidah leaving off taking knowledge from Ahlul Bidah no doubt you would not take knowledge from a person of innovation for indeed, he might give you something from his, from his bid'ah. He might narrate something to you, and within what he narrates to you is some innovation. So for your benefit, and in order for you to not fall into makhalafat, yani opposition to the haq, is that the person 
does not follow this individual, does not associate with this individual, does not speak with this individual, does not take knowledge from this individual. And that is the manner in which al-wala wal-bara is, is uh, made manifest and is, and is uh, uh, made tat- you make tatbiq, is implemented with these individuals. You have some people that may say that when it comes to the boycotting of a person, you should not boycott a person unless it benefits him. And when you're boycotting. And the reality is no. The first person you are seeking to benefit when it comes to boycotting someone is yourself. You're seeking to benefit yourself. You're seeking to protect yourself from their harm. Because they are, they are a person that has makhalafat with them. An individual that has opposition to the haq with them. And they may, they may cause that, or they may say something that may, that may enter your heart and leave you upon a particular way that they're upon, or a similar way that they're upon. So you leave them to protect yourselves. If, by way of you leaving them, it benefits them as well, then of course this is good. This is something which is khayr. But it cannot be said that this is a condition for you to leave of someone. So no doubt it can benefit them. Because if you now leave off a person, if you now boycott an individual because of what he's upon, well, how would that benefit them? How would you say it would benefit them? Because you're stopping their evil from being taught. Meaning, because obviously by the they don't want to come to you, they're from it. That's one thing. It, it, it stops them spreading it further. Now, because it can cause them to reflect upon what they're upon. It causes them to reflect upon what, of, of what they're upon. If, for example, now, you have a companion, and now you've deviated from the truth, and you've been advised, you still don't have accepted that advice. And then, you see the same individual that was your companion is not giving you salam, for example. Or he refuses to speak to you. He refuses to engage with you. That's something that will cause you to reflect. That will cause you to reflect and think about why this is occurring. And for the one that inshallah is upon khayr and is granted guidance, hidayah, then he will reflect to the extent that he made, made tawbah and leave off that sin, and leave off that innovation. So this is the benefit that can, that can occur from it. But it will not now say that it is a condition that this person benefits from it. Before you leave them off. No, Rafa, you'll seek to benefit yourself first and foremost. And so, the Shaykh goes on to mention, Fakam, when Isal Salim al Fitra, Kabala al Khair, Yel Temis al Khair, Yel Temis al Salah al Nafsihi, Fita Salat Alehi Ahl Bid'a, Ala Ertilah and Wahim, Imma Jahmi, Wa Al Muatala, Wa Imma Al Mutazila, Wa Imma Ashaira. Waman walahum. And so the Sheikh mentions that how many people have a sound fitra? How do we receive? They have a sound fitra. And they are accepting the truth. They seek good for themselves. They seek upright, they seek rectification and upright and righteous affair, affairs for themselves. How many of these people do you see? They are overcome by people of innovation.
upon their different forms, whether it be the Jahamiyyah that rejects either names or attributes, whether it be the Mu'tazila, whether it be the Ashairah, and other than them, those that follow them. And so even as well you have the different groups and parties that you find now. Now, where they seek to have secret gatherings. And they are in a different, they are in the, upon their different forms. And there are many different types of them. And all of these are regarded as being from the people of innovations. If and so the Shaykh goes on further. So he's mentioning in terms of how many times would you see now that these people seek to overcome and overpower a talib al-ilm. Yeah, they seek a student of knowledge. And they may give him, they may approach him with a form of love, loving action. And inclined to something that they make, to, to, they'll make him inclined towards them from brotherhood, what they regard as being brotherhood, and things of the like. Or they may furnish him with something from wealth. And they do so, so that they, as they establish a relationship with him. So that they can give him their teachings. He can give them their, their deviated teachings. Bit by bit. To the extent that he becomes an individual amongst them, individuals amongst them. Or he becomes someone that is a soldier from amongst their troop. Of, and he leaves off. The manhaj al-mustaqeem. He leaves off the straight path and the, and the manhaj, which is upon istiqam, upon that straight way. And rather, he's left upon a way of innovations. And he's left upon a way of being astray. Where he seeks to spread fitan, any yani trials and tribulations. And this is something which is present within the ranks of the Hizbiyin. The ranks of these partisans and the ranks of the Harakini and the, the ranks of those that are revolutionists and those that are like them. Now this is this is what has been mentioned here by the Sheikh in relation to the effects. So first the Sheikh he lays the foundation and the importance of this affair of Al Wala Wal Bara. He love and the hate for the sake of Allah. Thereafter, he goes on to mention how this is the case when it comes to يعني, 
have a wala wal this is this something which is a completion of your tawheed. It's a completion and a perfection of your tawheed. And that it is in relation to anyone, the love that you have for an individual is in relation to what he's upon from his actions, what he's upon from his creed. If the person is upon the way and the man has with the Salaf of Salih and everything, then you love him in completion and in totality, upon perfection. If the person opposes it in any way, shape or form, then you may love him for that which is upon the hug, but you hate him for that which is upon from Martin. And then the example is brought from Ahlul Ahlu Bidah. Why? Because, as is mentioned, the hatred that you have for Ahlul Bidah, the hatred that you have for the people of innovation, because of their, their opposition to the Haqq, and because of their opposition to the Sunnah and the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, the hatred that you have for these individuals is one that necessitates that you leave them off and you boycott them. So the Shaykh mentioned the necessity of boycotting these individuals, leaving them off. And thereafter, the Shaykh mentions examples of why it's a necessity. It's a necessity because, as the Shaykh mentions here, that you may, be, you may have someone that he has a fitra salima. He's, he has a sound fitra. His disposition is to accept the haqq. Now, he is multamish khayr He's an individual that is seeking good. But he is brought in by these individuals. And then they seek to establish a relationship with him. And then bit by bit, they start to give them their teachings. To the extent that he becomes an individual from amongst them. And so this is, the Sheikh is outlining here, the evil of continuing that relationship with these individuals. And what comes is the harm if you continue the relationship with those that oppose Allah and His Messenger. And why you have the importance of this affair of uh, leaving off and abandoning the people of innovation. Allah Ta'ala knows best. And so, we'll conclude here, inshaAllah Ta'ala. And in the next uh, lesson, go on to discuss the affair of, uh, or continue discussing this affair of al-wala wal bara in love and hate for the sake of Allah, in accordance with the kitab and the sunnah, and the manhaj of the salaf of salih. Allah ta'ala a'lam, jazakum la khaira, wa barakallahu fikum, wa sallallahu wa barak, ala nabina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa they're an acquaintance and you said they're, they're an acquaintance but they're not really Ready to accept any that one. Okay. Yes. Why? Why would it be better to leave that individual off? Because every relationship we have, every relationship we have, we have to look at what the basis of that relationship is. Why do we have that relationship? So, for example, we have our friends. Now we have the, our brothers that we have. 
what is the basis of that relationship is lillah now the the whole reason that we are we are brothers and the whole reason that we are together is for the sake of allah that we love one another because from what's apparent you are a, you're an individual that is obedient to allah you're an individual that i can benefit from and inshallah you can benefit from me that we benefit one another in, in terms of each other's company and so that's the base of every single relationship that we have in our lives even when it comes to our our uh, our relatives the basis should always be that the the the, the relationship is established upon yani seeking good with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so even if for example some of us we have relatives that are not muslim some of us we have relatives that are not are not upon the manhaj upon the manhaj of salaf some of us have relatives that are not upon the sunnah some of some of us have relatives that are upon innovation it's still a must that we make that we make that basis of that relationship one which is pleasing to Allah. So now, if you go back to the, the, the example you gave with the acquaintance that is not Muslim, there's no da'wah really occurring. Then the question the question has to be asked: What's the basis of that relationship? Because the relationship can, there's nothing is coming from that relationship except that it's not in relation to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. It's not it's not something that is pleasing to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and so. Know that everything we seek to do should be something that is pleasing to Allah and not something which is mere yani lab or lahu yani play, play and amusement. So this is there's no doubt this is something that we'd say with the, that relationship should be left. But at the same time, the person should strive to give this person dawah and establish that relationship, that relationship upon dawah. But as Sheikh uh, Sheikh and Sheikh Obeid, rahimahullah, he mentions he mentions a clear distinction between two affairs: al musahaba wa manasaha. You have musahaba where you take someone as a companion. And that's what we're talking about today. For example, I take so-and-so as a companion because he's an individual from what's apparent. He's an individual that adheres to the manhaj of the salaf when it comes to aqidah. When he adheres to the manhaj of the salaf when it comes to ibadah. Adheres to the manhaj of the salaf when it comes to his mannerisms. So I take that person as a companion. That's musahaba. Then you have monasaha where you take someone as a companion and you take them as a companion just due to the fact that you are advising them upon good. And that you are seeking to benefit them in terms of advising them upon good. So you're not, it's not true companionship, it's not absolute companionship. But it's companionship for a specific reason, which is for them and Shalas accept the haq. So it's, a, it's, a, it's clear to distinguish between the two. Because sometimes you may find that people, they will engage in a general companionship and then when they are put to, or when they're put to task about it and they're asked about that relationship, they will say, no, I'm just, with, I'm just uh, with this person because uh, I'm advising him. Sometimes, many times you hear this, I'm just advising him. But the reality is, it's just a close relationship. And if you were to look at it in terms of even percentage-wise, there might be 5-10% advice and then 90%, to 80-90% kalam fadi. Just whatever they want to talk about, whatever other stuff. So it's a must that the person distinguishes between the two. And if that relationship you're having with the person is one of manasaha, one of advising, then it has to be upon advice. And that has to be the key focus of that relationship. All that. Um, in terms of weak characteristics, if I, generally speaking, a person should stay away anyway. 
regardless of weaker characteristics, strong characteristics. A person may regard themselves as having a strong, char- strong character, but then find themselves falling into a uh, relationship with these people that, that, is, that is not befitting. So that's one thing. Second thing, though, is that if a person feels like he may be more susceptible and he sees that this relationship as a person is a fitna for them, anything that a person sees as maybe as a potential, as a potential fitna for, uh, for them, they should leave it anyway. So if they feel within their own selves that their shakshi is not one, their character, their personality is not one of strength, right? And that by way of being anywhere near such an individual, it may be a, a trial for them and a hardship for them and a harm for them. Then, like anything in our lives, if it's, a, if it's potentially harmful, we leave it and we seek to, to, to leave that flee from it in the best way possible. So that's the, it's the same thing here. But the person should not, uh, just as the, if a person believes, believes that he's, he's, he feels he's, he's a weaker personality, then of course he should leave that, definitely. But the opposite is also true as well. The person, if they feel that they're a stronger personality, they should not become complacent upon that, uh, that feeling they have about their own shakti, their own personality. Because that, that may not be the case, or that may not be enough to repel any potential harm. Or Okay. Life of the Holy Quran. Okay.